Hi there, I'm Lewis Foster, a journalist up here in the Manx Radio newsroom. Thank you for choosing this edition of Newscast. Today, the 2nd of August 2023, marks 50 years since the devastating fire at the Summerland Leisure Centre on Douglas Promenade. 50 people were killed and many more were injured. In recent weeks, we've heard the detailed stories from survivors and victims' families, some of whom are now calling for the verdict of misadventure, which was recorded at the inquest into the deaths to be changed. Jackie Hallam from Huddersfield was just 12 when she escaped the Summerland fire with life-changing burns, but lost her mum and best friend in the blaze. Um, I just remember that um, I was on holiday with my mum and my best friend. The three of us came to the island and we went to Summerland that evening because it was raining and that was the only reason that we went. Uh, it was always on our to-do list. It was the place to go if you came to the island. But we only went on that night because it was raining. Um, can't remember what we did in the day, actually, but uh, we, we, we went to Summerland feeling quite excited. Yeah, My mum was a single parent and, and I was an only child, so... Um, she took my best friend and myself on holiday um, and we we were all on the same level in the building and um, and I managed to escape and, and they didn't make it. And I've had to live with leaving them there ever since. And we call that survivor's guilt, isn't it? That's the, the, the phrase we hear a lot. Is that been something you can empathise with, with other survivors of the Summerland oh, disaster? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. It's, it's been... Um, had a very negative impact on the whole of my life, mm. so I can, I can certainly um, relate to that, mm. yeah. And com- you say you've not spoken about it for for many many years, but in the immediate aftermath, do you remember what it was like trying to carry on? I suppose there was just my grandma and me, um, and we had to find a way. We had to find a way, and the only way was to shut it down, to just close that box on it, and just really not not revisit it. We just had to support each other. And what do you remember about? the fire breaking out when did you first realize that something was 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 going wrong while you were there um well well my mum had uh, we'd only been in the building about about half an hour we didn't go in there till round about just before 7 p.m as i recall my mum went to the 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 sunbed area because she she wanted a session up there and jane and i were just looking round uh, and we went up to that level waiting for her to come out so we were just stood looking over the railing we could see down where the the organ was being played and the activity and we did notice a little bit of unrest down on the on the ground floor um but then somebody said you know don't worry there's nothing to worry about everything's fine so we just stayed where we were um and then in in just a couple of seconds, um, it was the, the the lights went off and this huge thick black cloud of smoke just came up to where we were. Um, so we didn't have any warning really of anything being wrong or 
or any any warnings that we were that there were we we weren't aware of them. It just all happened mm. in seconds. And you yourself, uh, of of course, caught caught up in this. Were you, were you injured personally at all? Yes, yes, I was badly burned in the fire. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I had um, extensive burns, but um, that was better than the people that mm. didn't make it. And of course, uh, very emotional memories, and it must be the, the the psychological impact of of going through what you went through. Ever, everlasting, I imagine, and, and coming up to the fiftieth anniversary. What has it been like reliving these, these memories, and, and having to to think back and uh, and putting them to to use in this campaign as well? Yeah, well, the, the, the memories have never gone away. That something every single day reminds me of that night, either directly or indirectly, um, and I haven't really spoken about it until this last. 12 months uh, and leading up to this anniversary it's been really quite quite difficult really quite traumatic um, having to, having to relive the experience you know several times and it doesn't doesn't seem to get any easier um, talking about it so that so the only way that I've been able to to carry on through my life is to just just lock it away really um, and that's why it, it must be almost cathartic is it in a way to to finally get some of these these thoughts off your chest as well and speaking to other other survivors what's that been like yes it's it's been really nice um um you know making contact with other survivors i i haven't known anybody else that was involved it, it's like you know, living in a world of one, thinking, you know, knowing that other people were involved but not knowing how to contact them, but being in touch with them, it, it's been really, really, I, don't, I, I can't think of the right word, but it, it, very comforting, really, um, you know, to, to to hear about others' experiences and, and to know that you don't, you don't have to say anything other than Summerland and they just know. You don't have to mm. try and explain because people that were there just know. It's certainly ingrained itself in people's psyches, haven't it? Hasn't it? And at the start, just before this interview, you you did you asked me how how old I was, and that's because we're 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 thinking about people on the island who are, who are my age might perhaps not know about Summerland, but for those who were there, absolutely they do, and they remember everything about it, where they were. Um, and it's the same for, for many people across. How important is it to, do you think, to keep the, the memory of what happened alive? I think it's extremely important, and especially for the young people of the Isle of Man. You know, it's Manx history, and... Um, our impression, well, over the years is that it's been a little bit kept quiet, a bit swept away, um, but it can't be. It had too big an impact on too many people's lives, you know. This this was a huge thing, and even recently when I've spoken to friends of mine a little bit on People are saying, how did we not know about this? How, how did we not know? People know about other disasters. Nobody seems to know about Summerland. 
the work of other campaigners such as Tina Brennan to 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 petition for change, especially when it comes to um, we'll talk about the the misadventure verdict in a moment. But um, looking at the Summerland site as it stands now, there is it, it's what what we refer to as a brownfield site where where the site used to be. It's a, it's a it's derelict. It nothing's been done with the site for many years. There is this petition out, like I say, for for change to for something to be put there. Would you welcome that? Some kind of memorial uh, on the, on the site itself? Absolutely, I think that is. I think that is necessary. The site is a disgrace. It's 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 um, it's distres- disrespectful to those of us that 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 were involved. And I'm aware, probably, that different people have different views on that. But as it stands now, it is really unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And the apologise for Summerland campaign. You were it, the the clue is in the name what you, what you, what you were calling for and Chief Minister Alfred Cannon in uh, in Timor the island's Parliament um, only a, only a few weeks ago now did give that apology. What was that like hearing that he'd done that and were you able to listen across and, and hear what he'd said? What yes, was... I didn't I didn't hear the, the the full the full thing. We we are not in in the in that region, um, but you know th- thank you to Mr Cannon for for making that apology. Um, that is very welcome. However, that is not my prime driver for the campaign. So the prime driver for you, the misadventure verdict, Absolutely. is that the case? Yes. Just explain to us why it's been it's been described to me as as inappropriate. Is that how you feel? It it, it it's wrong. It is inappropriate. Um, it's inaccurate, and and so it's it's unacceptable as a verdict, and it's unacceptable to be in the history books as a verdict of death by misadventure. Being close to victims as you are, do you feel it, it's time they they had some justice in that verdict being changed? Yes, yes, and that that is is my prime driver really for for justice for my mum and my friend and the 48 other people that lost their lives because no voluntary risk was taken. We had a right to expect that building to be safe. Like Jackie, Robert Wilson was on a family holiday from Northern Ireland. I was in the Isle of Man many times, uh, both before and after the Summerland fire. And I was 16 uh, at the time of the, the tragedy. Um, I was there uh, many times with family and friends. We often stayed in the guest house in Douglas, run by a lovely lady called Mary Kelly. And on the day of the, the disaster, I originally intended to go to uh, Uncan Park Stadium to watch the stock car racing, then changed my mind and went to Summerland. So when the fire broke out, I was on the second deck of the main auditorium. And what initially drew my attention to the fact that something was wrong was looking down and seeing lots of people on the floor either heading toward the main exit or staring up to the roof and pointing at the roof. And when I turned around, there was a large uh, black smoke cloud that was rapidly increasing in size, forming in one of the corners of the roof. And then when I looked out of the building, I saw that uh, a kiosk on the terrace level was ablaze. So um, like many many, many people at that point, I decided it was time to get out. And 
I think we headed down four flights of stairs. And when we got to the, the final one, which would have been on to the main theatre floor, uh, the place was just engulfed in smoke. And there was uh, an advancing wall of flame coming from the amusement arcade. And the heat was absolutely in, intense. So that left me in the situation where I had to make a snap decision about how I would get out. And the choice was either to head toward the main entrance, which was quite far away, or to try to make it to a side entrance quite near to the kiosk and really quite close to the, the wall of flame. So I decided on the latter and within probably about 20 seconds had made it to that exit where I and another fellow just fell through the open door onto the terrace, picked ourselves up and, and, and got back. And literally within about 20 seconds of that, the entire side went up in, in flames. So uh, it allowed folk like myself and others to, to be reunited with, with family members and then get clear of the building. Now, Robert, you've since been with the Apologise for Summerland campaign and that campaign very much driving towards an apology from the from the Isle of Man government. And we heard um, that message come from the Isle of Man Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, um, just a few weeks back now. So tell us what it was like to to hear that, uh, hear that spoken in, in Timwald in the island's parliament. Well, where I appreciate that we can't hold the present Manx government responsible for something which happened half a century ago, uh, my own opinion is that Mr Cannon's statement was very welcome, very timely and very noble. Um, however, I feel that there's one natural step which still needs to be taken, and that is uh, the revisiting of the inquiry's verdict of death by misadventure. And to me, that implies that the folk who perished in Summerland entered the building with the, the, the knowledge that there was a risk factor involved. And I, th I think that was very far from the truth. All of us who went into Summerland that evening believed that it was a safe environment. And therefore, I feel that an overturning of the, the death by misadventure verdict would firstly uh, bring about a much more complete sense of closure to the families of those who died in the tragedy and would also be an act of tremendous respect to those who lost their lives. I consider myself very fortunate that I escaped with uh, relatively minor injuries, although it did leave its legacy and to this day I'm, I'm still be wary of crowded spaces i'm still quite obsessive about checking electrical appliances and going to alert when there are fire fire drills and many other people recently have been sharing similar um, experiences with me online but there are, there are those who um had life-changing injuries and many who, who, who lost loved ones in that tragedy and I believe that an overturning of the verdict would be uh, would be an incredibly helpful to them. And now Robert you are returning to the Isle of Man this week um, for the 50th yes. anniversary commemorations um, just tell us what 
what it's going to be like to for you to be back on the on the island 50 years later and um and what's it been like revisiting these these memories recently well i'm in, in a sense i'm looking forward to going back to the island i have very very fond memories of the island and was back many times uh following the the, the following the disaster although it's over 30 years since the last time that I set foot on the island, so I'll probably see some changes. Now, I know that my visit will be brief. I will be touching base with with other survivors and other families, and Tina Brennan has invited me to, to take part in the two-minute silence commemoration on Summerland site. And as a, a writer, uh, mostly of poetry, I felt that the the most natural thing for me to do would be to compose and read a poem uh, about Summerland and other disasters, which I'll be reading at the at the, at the event uh, tomorrow tomorrow night on the Summerland site, or on sorry Wednesday night on the Summerland site on the second of August. Um, so I will have mixed feelings. Obviously, um, Summerland is something that stays with those who were involved. But at the same time, I have a great love for the island and its people and will be will be glad to set foot on it again for the first time in many years. Both Jackie and Robert are due to attend and speak at the memorial services on the island today. So can something be done to change the verdict of misadventure? It's a question Manx Radio put to Chief Minister Alfred Cannon. One needs to think very, very carefully about the value of opening that sort of inquiry, especially 50 years later. There's a big question, obviously, what new evidence will come to light. There will be many people who sadly will be no longer with us who will have been important figures in that tragedy. Um, And, of course, their memories will have changed and some people who may have given evidence may subsequently not have a full recollection potentially of what's gone on so there's a whole host of reasons why one needs to really reflect very carefully why you should reopen a commission of an inquiry for something that happened 50 years ago as I said I think it's important that we continue to commemorate and recognize that Summerland was a tragedy that 50 people died that 100 people suffered serious injuries and that many many more have had a lifelong physical and mental impact as a result of what happened and I think for the for for the moment anyway that should be where we're at from a from a thought process and I continue to be with survivors uh, who visit who are visiting the island Um, I was with them yesterday and I will be with them again on Wednesday night at the K Gardens. Chief Minister Alfred Cannon there. Well, a common question among campaigners is, what now for Summerland's legacy? Tina Brennan was 19 when she witnessed the flames take hold. Recently, she launched a petition calling for something to be done with the former Summerland site to make sure the lives lost are never forgotten. I was actually 19, and um, we were living, my husband and I were living in Onken at 4 Royal Avenue. And uh, we were just simply watching Top of the Pops around 7.30 on Thursday, 2nd of August. And uh, John noticed some a, a, a plume of smoke going up above the rooftops. And we thought it was just a chimney fire, basically. So um, it got thicker and blacker. And he went over and had a look. And uh, came rushing back and said, Summerland's on fire. 
So whereupon I left him with the baby and then uh, went over and had a look and stood on the cliffs actually where the um, memorial is now to um, Steve Hislop, the, the, the racing biker. Um, it was just a scrubby piece of ground then, there wasn't anything like that. And there was probably about maybe a dozen or so people of us gathered there, just in absolute shock, because when you see something like that, which you never ever dreamed would happen, you you go into a kind of, um, it's like a tunnel vision, really. Mm. I, I was focusing on, on this horror, because it was like a horror movie, Um I didn't hear anything. I didn't. I don't know if anybody was speaking or, uh, or what. I just. It was just like tunnel vision, really. It was just shock. I suppose it was shock that you were witnessing something like this, so momentous, that was happening so fast, right in front of your eyes. I mean, that those flames were leaping from pain to pain, like that building was made out of paper. They mm. just ripped through it totally, um, within a matter of minutes. And I became totally aware that at that point. As I was standing there, breathing fresh air, there would be people in that thick black smoke who were possibly breathing their last. Of course, we know there was 50 people mm. in there. Did 11... you ever imagine at the time that the number would be so high? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't have any idea. I don't think anybody did at that point. And the shocking thing for a lot of people, including myself, is that we didn't know who was in there of our family. Luckily, I didn't have any family in there, but my two younger sisters loved Summerland, and that was the place they headed for at any given point. Um, so we didn't know, and there was no social media. You couldn't even get a phone line, and all we had was the phone box at the bottom of the road. We couldn't get a line to find out if anybody was safe. There were thousands of people running around that night trying to check if their family and friends were safe. Hmm. Now, 50 years on, um, we've heard more about it in the UK as well, where you're hoping this petition um, will reach. And you mentioned there about the the flames jumping from from pain to pain on the on the rendering the uh, the outside of of Summerlands, and that's what's been noted by the Grenfell legacy as well. And uh, and MPs have been picking up recently from constituents who were at Summerland who who like yourselves were there at the time. Um, what was it felt like to have that recognition across, not just here on the island as well, with the Chief Minister apologising? Um, well, it's vital to have that recognition, not least because there's probably thousands of people in the UK that don't even know about Summerland. And from that point of view, it has been kept quiet. And that was a conscious decision for our elected representatives to remain silent on those issues. I know that from, from an ex-Chief Minister who told me that. So I know it to be true. They wanted it kept quiet. Um, so, yeah, the, the um, importance of the MPs getting involved and putting pressure on as far as they could was vital. And I know Alf Cannon has negated that and said there was no pressure, that they were always going to do it, uh, give an apology anyway. But I don't think that's true. I think with this added push from the UK government that um, this apology has come about, and it's little enough after 50 years. I did try to ask two chief ministers, including... Um, Howard Quayle, if they would come to the site at the time of the anniversary and give an apology, but I didn't get any reply at all. Um, so that, that gives you an indication of the, the level of what they thought about the victims, etc. And um, even now I have to say that if there was um, uh, any genuine um, sorrow or regret from Alf Cannon or the government here, um, 
for the victims, for the families, for the people who suffered, the people who were injured, for all of us who were involved, and including here the emergency service as well, um, if they did have any genuine remorse, then there would be a memorial on that site. But so, what we got was a second summer land, mm. um, built on the footprints of the first summer land, and, um, and called summer land, which a lot of people here didn't want, including Trust House 40, who were running the first summer land. So, yeah, it, there should have been a memorial from the first anniversary of the fire. But all we had to do, as the members of the public, was to go into the second summer land, enjoy ourselves, and we'll say no more. Say no more about the first one. And that's exactly what happened. And there's generations growing up now who don't know the facts about Summerland or don't even know anything at all about it. And so my focus is raising awareness, hopefully putting in an educational programme so kids here will be aware. Not least the, the fact that there were heroes that night who went back into those flames several times to rescue other people. Um, and in doing so, they lost their own lives. Well, are our kids taught the names of those heroes? No, they're not. But they're every, every bit as much of a hero as Nellie Brennan. It's part of our culture, it's part of our history, and our kids need to know what can happen. When you absolve responsibility for yourself, when you think that you're safe going into a venue to have fun and enjoy yourself, and the people who should be keeping you safe, they have a different agenda and that comes down to money and cost. Going then to your petition, we look out the window now um, from Douglas Head and we can see the Summerland site um, and it is, as it has been for for years now, just a derelict site. It's a, it's a brownfield site as we, as we describe it and you want to see this changed ultimately to, to one of those, like you say, the victims. What would you like to see happen on that site now? Well, I would like to see a national memorial and gardens of remembrance on that site. I know 10 years ago, Douglas Ratepayers, Douglas Council, put in place the memorial in the Kay Gardens. They've done their bit, even though it took them 40 years for Douglas Council to have the courage to do that due to the mistakes that were made, the negligence that led to those lives being lost. And the facts are there. They can't deny that they would like to. They would like to deny that Douglas Council back then were culpable of those deaths. So that aside, I would like to see a national memorial on behalf of all of us uh, who are resident here on the island and and government as well on that site where it should have been from the first anniversary. And what would that look like? You've described landscaping. So tidying up the site, having having some kind of, like say, a memorial, a, a statue perhaps, something nope. like that? I've got a plan. It's an architect's design and it's for, it's quite substantial. It's for 17 standing stones, one for each of the groups of families and friends and working colleagues who were killed together, along with um, an information and educational centre, um, giving the, the, the facts of the the site and not least the history of the site because it goes back a long way right through to pre-Victorian times so it's a fascinating history that that part of Douglas Promenade I want all of that encompassed in it um, and a, um, a digital recording facility so that people who come along can not just listen to people who were there at the time which we know we have recordings of now but also they can tell their stories because there's 
hundreds if not thousands of people have got in touch with me to tell me their stories about that night, what they were doing, who they were with, whether they were in there, what happened to them. That needs to be recorded and put down for history for our future generations so they know the impact that this had and still has today. Let's be under no mistake here. People who think that this tragedy, there should be a line drawn under it and we should all move on, they don't know the reality. They don't know the facts. If they did, then they wouldn't even suggest that. Um, there comes a time when good governance has to come into play on this island, and this is part of it. Um, good governance, of course, means acknowledging mistakes, means doing the right thing by people who live here. And this is what government needs to address, not just with the Summerland site, but with so many other issues on this island which get neglected, which get pushed to one side for vanity projects and throwing millions away, wasted, of taxpayers' money where it could go to good for so many different um, purposes. So for me, the Summerland site is a benchmark of how caring our government is, how caring this government is, and at the moment they need to step up because they're sorely lacking and a lot of people are angry about the issues that still remain unresolved here today, which should have been addressed, and which, incidentally, we were told at last election time would be addressed and everybody has gone silent. And Alf Cannon needs to acknowledge this, and he needs to take action, and he needs to step up, because he's sadly lacking in all of those areas. Tina, thank you very much. Um, last word, where can we find this petition online? The petition is on change.org. So if you go on there and just um, put in Summerland as a, as a search, you'll find it. Tina Brennan there. Well, following the disaster, changes to building regulations to improve fire safety were introduced and a centre, reopened in June 1978 on a smaller scale, stood until its demolition in 2006. The future of the site, now derelict, remains the topic of much debate. For now, though, it's a chance to remember the 50 lives lost and the many, many more affected by the tragedy on this day in 1973. A memorial service will take place in the Kay Memorial Garden on Queen's Promenade. Attendees are asked to be there no later than 10 to 7. And a minute silence will be observed at the Summerland site at 7 o'clock, where Jackie, Robert and other survivors are due to attend and speak. Now something about Robert Wilson. He's also an author and he's penned this poem to be read at today's commemoration and was kind enough to read it for us. Okay, and it was um, prompted by Summerland, obviously, and by other incidents in the years following, right down the time of Grenfell Tower. And the poem is called Embers. A headline story breaks. The world looks on. The public holds its breath, stunned by loss and death. Lives swept away as by a conflagration that shakes the peace and comfort of a nation. Widespread grief is genuine, expressing heartfelt horror at the scenes with fear and danger fraught. Asking why this came about, and not without a myriad of answers to be sought. Some future, calmer day, on reflection, when the embers die away. But do those embers die? The world moves on. 
To those closest, they're not fading. The memories never gone. Lives forever changed. Each story told a witness to what robbed both young and old. Each epitaph a testament to someone loved and known. Each name upon a stone. A father, mother, sibling, child or friend. Evoking cherished memories that will transcend the findings of all formal inquisitions and verdicts reached. But yet, the names of those who perished, we must never dare forget. What of the embers now? Things cannot be reversed, the past undone. In stopping to reflect, there is but one compelling question. How did none foresee endangerment that did not have to be, or warn of safety, compromised, neglected, destruction in its path, lives unprotected? And how now might we learn what lesson take to shape each new decision that we make? As if we fail in this, most certainly we will be left with embers of a fresh catastrophe. When all is said and scrutinized, each statement read and analyzed, we must those tragic lessons bind forever in the heart and mind and learn from them as learn we must before the embers turn to dust. For only if they are embraced in future years, our children and their children may be spared such tears. And I dedicate this to the memory of those whose lives were lost or forever changed in the Summerland disaster. A massive thank you to Robert, Jackie, Tina and of course the Chief Minister for speaking with us. Thank you for choosing this edition of Newscast. That's all from me for now. Guru Mayad, and thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end of the Little Manx Radio Newscast. You are obviously someone with exquisite taste. May I politely suggest you might want to subscribe to this and a wide range of Manx Radio podcasts at your favourite podcast provider so our best bits will magically appear on your smartphone. Thank you. Thank you.